Hey, this is Life Coach David. Thanks for listening to the Law of Attraction podcast. I hope you've been enjoying them. And if you listened to the previous one, I hope you're doing the challenge that I recommended. Please let me know if you are and if you're noticing a positive difference. And before I start reading and discussing today about Money and the Law of Attraction, written by Esther Hicks, The Teachings of Abraham, I just wanted to go over a fun technique that I teach my clients to help them refocus on what they want, because what we focus on is what we're going to attract. So here's how it works. It's called pivoting. And what you do is you pivot from what you don't want to what you do want. So for example, say you're thinking about how much money you don't have, how hard it is to pay the bills, any kind of negative thoughts about money, you want to become aware of when you're doing that and remind yourself, wait a minute, that's not what I want to attract. Let me pivot to what I do want. So if you're thinking about how much money you don't have, realize it and say, wait a minute, no, what do I want? I want to have an unlimited amount of money. I want to have so much money that I'm financially free, I can buy what I want, I can go where I want, I can help who I want, I can donate to where I want. Oh man, that would just feel so good to be financially free. Now if you really do that, you're going to feel the difference. It's going to feel much better slash higher vibration to think about money in that way. So whatever it is you're thinking about that you realize isn't what you want, become aware enough to in those moments say to yourself, just in your mind, wait a minute, no, that's not what I want. What do I want? And then use the opposite of whatever you were thinking about to start thinking about what you want. So give that a try. It really works very well. And try to make that a habit because we're supposed to be focusing on what we want. What we focus on is what we attract. So practice doing that and you'll like the results. And before I start reading today, I just wanted to share a funny story. I was walking my dog today, and he's very cute. And a lot of times people will stop me. What kind of dog is that? He's so cute. And he's very friendly. But today, I was just walking him on my street, and a car stopped, and the man rolled his window down and said, What kind of dog is that? Can I buy him from you? He's so cute. And he was serious. I couldn't believe it. And of course, I just said, oh, no, not for sale. And I just kept walking. But that was a first. I mean, could you imagine someone pulling over, asking you if they can buy your dog? Like, yeah, right. (laughs) So anyway, that was kind of an unexpected happening today. But let's get to the reading and discussing more wonderful Law of Attraction information. Abraham says, whenever you feel negative emotion, that is your emotional guidance system giving you an indication that you are, in that moment, looking at negative aspects of something, and in doing so, you're depriving yourself of something wanted. If you will set an intention to look for positive aspects in whatever you are giving your attention to, you will begin to immediately see the evidence of the lifting of patterns of resistance as the universe is then allowed, by your shift in vibration, to deliver your long-wanted desires to you. 
people often move from job to job, profession to profession, employer to employer, only to find the next place no better than the last. And the reason for this is they take themselves everywhere they go. When you go to a new place and you continue to complain about what was wrong with your last position in order to explain why you came to the new position, the same vibrational mix of resistance goes with you and continues to prevent the things you want from coming to you. The best way to accomplish an improved work environment is to focus on the best things about where you currently are until you flood your own vibrational patterns of thought with appreciation. And in that change vibration, you can then allow the new and improved conditions and circumstances to come into your experience. Some worry that if they follow our encouragement to look for good things about where they are, it will only hold them there longer in an unwanted place. But the opposite is really true. In your state of appreciation, you lift all self-imposed limitations, and all limitations are self-imposed, and you free yourself for the receiving of wonderful things. And then Jerry asks, Abraham, what is the role of appreciation in the creation equation? And how does a condition of appreciation equate to what's called the attitude of gratitude? From Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, I learned to decide what I wanted and then to focus on it or think about it until it came into being. In other words, I set goals and timetables for their achievement. But then after meeting you, I became aware that most of what I would describe as the most wonderful things that came into my life weren't so much things that I had specified that I wanted. Although much of that came to pass also, what actually manifested was the essence of something that I had greatly appreciated. In other words, I knew Esther for years before we came together, and I never wanted her through those years, but I did greatly appreciate so many aspects of who she was. And then she and all of her delightful aspects came completely into my life. And look what a magnificent difference she has made in the joyous aspects of my life. Also, I read the Seth books over and over and never desired to have a Seth in my life, but I greatly appreciated the teachings of that non-physical entity named Seth, as well as Jane Roberts and Robert Butts who facilitated that experience. And now here you are, not Seth per se, but you bring with you the essence of everything I appreciated so much about Jane and Rob and Seth's phenomenal metaphysical experiences. Over 40 years ago, I was visiting a family near San Francisco who earned their money from a very basic, almost primitive, mail-order lapidary business that they conducted from their home. I never ever said that I wanted that business, but in my appreciation, I told thousands of people the story of that experience. And then one day, about 20 years ago, as I was at the post office picking up orders for some teachings of Abraham recordings, I realized that I was now experiencing the essence of that mail order business that I had so much appreciated. And now, look at how many millions of people have been positively touched as a result of the business aspects of disseminating this philosophy. I could list many more, but I'll add one more scenario. 
Esther and I, when we first moved to San Antonio, Texas, found a small temporary rental house where we could enjoy a vegetable garden, laying hens, a milk goat, and our own water well. We used to take our walks by crossing the road in front of the house and then walking across a small airplane landing strip into a grove of large cedar and live oak trees. Even in the heat of the summer, we were able to enjoy our walks by following the deer trails that tunneled through the dense growth of trees. One day we discovered that one of the deer trails opened into a tiny meadow hidden among the oaks. It was so beautiful. The grass and flowers and general atmosphere would be best described as enchanting. Esther and I loved that good feeling spot in the woods and we returned there many times. We conjured scenarios of how this seemingly ancient, seemingly natural clearing could have come about and who might have discovered and enjoyed it before us. We questioned why it was so inexplicably pleasing to us and we appreciated it greatly. We never said that we wanted that piece of land. We purely appreciated it. And then about five or six years later, a stranger called us and said he had heard that we were looking for land to build our office complex on. And the seven acres that he offered us contained that small hidden meadow. And now our office sits exactly on that beautiful enchanting spot. That seven acres became part of 20. And then one day I was appreciating the beautiful oak trees on our neighbor's prime 20 acres. And to make a long, delightful story relatively short, that little meadow has now evolved to 40 prime acres with Interstate 10 frontage, with a plane hangar, a helicopter pad, and a stable. We don't have a plane or horses. <laughs> and it all evolved from our appreciation of that small meadow in the woods. Abraham, would you please respond to my perspective regarding the emotion of appreciation? And Abraham responds, the vibration of true love, that feeling of being in love, that feeling that you have sometimes when you see someone and you feel like you're moving through one another, the feeling that you have when you are looking at the innocence of a child and feeling the beauty and power of that child. Love and appreciation are identical vibrations. Appreciation is the vibration of alignment with who you are. It is the absence of resistance. It is the absence of doubt and fear. It is the absence of self-denial or hatred toward others. Appreciation is the absence of everything that feels bad and the presence of everything that feels good. When you focus on what you want, when you tell the story of how you want your life to be, you will come closer and closer to the vicinity of appreciation. And when you reach it, it will pull you towards all things that you consider to be good in a very powerful way. Conversely, let's talk about the difference between, let us say, gratitude and appreciation. Many people use words interchangeably, but we don't feel the same vibrational essence in them at all. Because when you feel gratitude, often you are looking at a struggle that you have overcome. In other words, you are happy that you are still not in the struggle, but there is still some sort of struggle vibration present. In other words, the difference between inspiration, which is being called to who you are, and motivation, which is trying to make yourself go somewhere, is a similar difference. Appreciation is that tuned in, tapped in, turned on feeling. Appreciation is vibrational alignment 
with who I have become. The state of appreciation is me being in sync with the whole of that which I am. Being in the state of appreciation is seeing whatever you are looking at through the eyes of Source. And when you are in that state of appreciation, you could walk down a crowded street with all kinds of things that a lot of other people would find reason to criticize or worry about, and you would not have access to them because your vibration of appreciation is picking out for you things of a different vibrational nature. A state of appreciation is a state of godliness. A state of appreciation is being who you really are. A state of appreciation is who you were the day you were born and who you will be the moment you die. And it would be, if we were standing in your physical shoes, our quest in every moment. Joseph Campbell used the word bliss, and we think it's equal. Follow your bliss. But sometimes you cannot get a whiff of bliss from where you are. So we say... If you are in despair, follow your revenge. That's downstream. If you are in revenge, follow your hatred. That's downstream. If you are in hatred, follow your anger. It's downstream. If you are in anger, follow your frustration. That's downstream. If you are in frustration, follow your hope. That's downstream. If you are in hope, now you are in the vicinity of appreciation. And I'm just going to stop there for a second, and I'll just explain a few things in case you didn't know. So when Abraham says that's downstream, that's a way of saying that's higher vibration than where you were. And there's something called the emotional scale, and there's 22 points on the emotional scale, and just moving up one point is a higher vibration. So for example, when Abraham says that if anger is followed by frustration, that's downstream. That's because frustration is a higher vibration than anger. So that's what they mean there. And also when they say being who you really are, what they mean by who you really are is source energy. We all have that source energy within us that's always at a high vibration. It's just getting in touch with that and feeling that. So I hope that clarifies that last paragraph. And now I'm going to move on to finish this section. Once you get into the vibration of hope, now begin making lists of things that you feel good about and fill your notebooks full of them. Make lists of positive aspects. Make lists of things you love. Go to the restaurant and look for your favorite things and never complain about anything. Look for the thing that you like the best. Even if there was only one thing in all of that that you like, give it your undivided attention and use it as your excuse to be who you are. And as you use those things that shine bright and make you feel good as your excuse to give your attention and be who you are, you will tune to who you are and the whole world will begin to transform before your eyes. It's not your job to transform the world for others, but it is your job to transform it for you. A state of appreciation is pure connection to source, where there is no perception of lack. And that's the end of that section. And what an amazing life experience that would be if we all did that. If we all were just in appreciation, if we all felt that connection to source all the time, there would be no lack. I'm saying yes to that. And it can be done, you just have to practice. You know, a lot of what they talk about 
just takes time and practice, but if you continue to do it, it's amazing. And the next section of the book is called, My Time at Work is Perceptual. Abraham says, In the same way that many people are focused on a shortage of money, there are also many who are focused on a shortage of time. And often these two lackful subjects are intertwined to negatively impact one another. Usually the reason for this detrimental coupling of lacking subjects is the feeling that there just is not enough time to do what is necessary to achieve success. The primary reason that people feel a shortage of time is because they are trying to get too much leverage out of their action. If you are unaware of the power of alignment and are making little or no effort at finding your personal alignment, if you are overwhelmed or angry or resentful or ornery, and from those emotional perspectives, you are then offering your action to try to accomplish things, you are very likely experiencing a severe shortage of time. There simply is not enough action in the world to compensate for the misalignment of energy. But when you care about how you feel and you tend to your vibrational balance first, then you experience what feels like a cooperative universe that seems to open doors for you everywhere. The physical effort required of someone who is in alignment is a fraction of that required to someone who is not. The results experienced by someone who is in alignment are tremendous in comparison with the results experienced by someone who is not. If you are feeling a shortage of time or money, your best effort would be to focus on better feeling thoughts, to make long lists of positive aspects, to look for reasons to feel good, and to do more things that make you feel good when you do them. Taking the time to feel better, to find positive aspects, to align with who you really are, will net you tremendous results and help you balance your time much more effectively. Shortage of time is not your problem. Shortage of money is not your problem. Shortage of connection to the energy that creates worlds is what is at the heart of all sensations of shortage that you are experiencing. Those voids or shortages can be filled with only one thing, connection to source and alignment with who you really are. Your time is a perceptual thing, and even though the clock is ticking the same for everyone, your alignment affects your perception as well as the results that you allow. When you set time aside to envision your life as you want it to be, you access a power that is unavailable to you when you focus on the problems of your life. As you observe the enormous differences in the effort that people apply and the results they achieve, you have to conclude that there is more to the equation of achieving than action alone. The difference is that some receive the benefit of the leverage of alignment because of the thoughts they think, while others disallow that leverage because of the thoughts they think. Imagine yourself running one mile, and in this mile, there are 2,000 doors to move through. Imagine coming to each door and then having to personally open it before you can run through it. <laughs> now imagine running the mile, and as you approach each door, the door is open for you. So you're able to continue the pace, slowing not at all on approaching each door. 
When you are in alignment with the energy that creates worlds, you no longer have to stop and open the doors. Your energy alignment allows things to line up for you, and the action that you offer is the way you enjoy the benefits of the alignment you have accomplished. You are a powerful creator who came into this leading edge environment understanding that you will create through the power of your thought by deliberately directing your focus towards things that you want. You did not intend to rely on your actions for that creation. It may take some time to adjust to the understanding that you are creating through your thoughts, not through your action, but we cannot overstate the value of thinking and speaking of things as you would like them to be rather than as they are. Once you not only understand the power of your thought, but you deliberately direct this powerful tool in the direction of things that you desire, then you will discover that the action part of your life is the way you enjoy what you have created through your thought. When you achieve vibrational alignment, which means your thoughts are pleasing as you think them, and you feel an inspiration to act, you have accomplished the best of both worlds. Your action feels effortless when you are tuned in to the vibrational frequency of source, and then you feel an inspiration to offer action. Those outcomes are always pleasing, but action taken without tending to vibrational alignment first is hard-working, inefficient action that over time wears you down. Most are so busy dealing with that which is immediate that they do not have time to tend to that which is important. Many tell us that they are so busy making their money that they do not have time to enjoy it. For when you rely on your action to create, often you are too tired to enjoy your creation. And then there is a question. My work is an adventure, and I really do enjoy it. But when I tie money and earnings to my work, I can feel a tension that then takes the joy out of it. Do they not go well together? And then Abraham responds, This is a common story that we hear from creative people who are involved in music or art that they love. But when they decide to make this thing they love the primary source of their income, not only do they often struggle in making enough money, but their previous joy is diminished as well. Most people have a rather negative attitude about money simply because most people speak more often of what they cannot afford or the lack of money that they desire than they speak of the benefit of money. Also, most people spend much more time thinking about what is currently happening in their experience rather than what they would prefer to happen. So without meaning to, most people are thinking rather lackfully about money. So then, when you couple an idea of something that you enjoy, your adventure, your music, your art, with something that you have felt strong lack about for a long time, like money, the balance of your thought tips towards the dominant feeling. As you begin spending more time visualizing what you desire and less time observing what is, and as you then practice your more positive, better-feeling story, in time, your adventure will become the dominant vibration within you. And then as you couple your adventure with your means of earnings, the two will blend perfectly and enhance each other. There is no better way to earn money 
than to do the things that you love to do. Money can flow into your experience through endless avenues. It's not the choice of the craft that limits the money that flows, but only your attitude towards money. It's not the choice of the craft that limits the money that flows, but only your attitude toward money. That is why so many niche markets are continually opening, with people becoming very wealthy from ideas that only recently were not viable markets at all. You are the creator of your own reality, and you are the creator of your own markets of enterprise and your own flow of money. You cannot accurately define some activities as hard and others as easy, because all things that are in harmony with what you are wanting are easy and flowing, while all things that are not in harmony with what you are wanting are harder and are more resistant. Anytime what you are doing feels like a struggle, you must understand that your contradictory thought is introducing resistance into the equation. Resistance is caused by thinking about what you do not want, and that is what makes you tired. And to make that point even clearer, the book goes on and gives an example. So here's an example of an old story about a career. I've always worked hard in every job I've had, but I've never really been appreciated. It seems to me that employers always take advantage of me, getting everything from me that they can and giving as little in return as they can get away with. I'm tired of working so hard for so little. I'm going to start holding back too. There's no point in knocking myself out when no one else notices. Many of the people around me at work know less than I know, work less than I work, and make more money than I make. That's just not right. So that was the old story. And now here's an example of a new story that someone could tell themselves. I know that I will not always be right here in this place doing this same work. I like understanding that things are always evolving and it's fun to anticipate where I'm headed. While there are many things that could be better where I am, it's not really a problem because where I am is constantly changing to something better. I like knowing that as I look for the best things around me, where I am, those things become more prevalent in my experience. It's fun to know that things are always working out for me, and I watch for the evidence of that, and I see more evidence of that every day. And then the book goes on to say, there is no right or wrong way to tell your improved story. It can be about your past, present, or future experiences. The only criterion that is important is that you be conscious of your intent to tell a better feeling, improved version of your story. By telling many good feeling short stories throughout your day, you will change your point of attraction. And to give even more examples, here's more examples of what your old story could be about. Things that have gone wrong, things that aren't the way I want them to be or think they should be, Others who have let me down. Others who have not been truthful with me. Not enough money, not enough time. How things usually are. How things have been all my life. How things have been lately. Injustices that I see in the world. Others who just don't understand. Others who don't make an effort. Others who are capable but who don't apply themselves. 
dissatisfaction with my appearance, worry about my body's health, people who take advantage of others, people who want to control me. And that's the end of that example. And as I read it, I think that was just general stories people tell themselves about different things, not just about career. And then it goes on to a new story that someone could tell themselves. So if you take that same person and explain what this whole chapter has been about, and you tell them, make a new story, how you want things to go, how you want things to be, here are some examples of what that could be. The positive aspects of my current subject of attention. The way I really want things to be. How well things are going. How the law of attraction is the true manager of all things. Abundance that flows abundantly. How time is perceptual and endless. The best things I see. My favorite memories. The obvious expansion of my life. The amazing or interesting or wonderful aspects of the world. The incredible variety that surrounds me. The willingness and effectiveness of so many. The power of my own thoughts. The positive aspects of my body. The stable basis of my physical body. How we all create our own reality. My absolute freedom and my joyous awareness of it. And then the book goes on to say, Each and every component that makes up your life experience is drawn to you by the powerful law of attraction's response to the thoughts you think and the story you tell about your life. Your money and financial assets, your body's state of wellness, clarity, flexibility, size and shape, your work environment, how you are treated, work satisfaction and rewards, the very happiness of your life experience in general is all happening because of the story that you tell. If you will let your dominant intention be to revise and improve the content of the story you tell every day of your life, it's our absolute promise to you that your life will become that ever-improving story. For by the powerful law of attraction, it must be. And that's the end of that paragraph. And what I love about that is we can change the story of our lives. Think about how you want your life to be. Think about all the areas in your life and how you want them to be and what it would look like, what it would feel like. And just get so in touch with that, that it feels real. And it takes practice doing this, but you can do it. I've done it. My clients have done it. And it really works. And it's kind of interesting that I read this part today because I was just listening to a little bit of Tony Robbins give a lecture. And he was also talking about changing the story of your life to experience an improved life. So again, focus on what you want. Tell yourself and let yourself get excited about how you want your life to be, how you want your future to be. And again, if you need help doing that, I know of some wonderful processes, techniques, and ideas, all Law of Attraction based, that help us do that. So if you want coaching, please contact me at lifecoachdavid.com or just email me at david at lifecoachdavid.com. And if it seems like I'm advertising my coaching, I am. Because I know it works. I know how successful all my clients have been with why they came to me for coaching 
and it's just so exciting for them. I want the same for you. I want you to, as much as it sounds like a cliche, you know, live your best life, become the best version of yourself. Because when you do, life just seems and is so much better. So thanks again for listening. I hope you got a lot out of today's podcast. Tune in next time for more information. And as I always like to say, choose to have a high vibration day. Thank you.